get notifications and stay updated every time I post a challenge podcast by hitting the subscribe button. Thank you all and hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast. I have a guest who I bothered quite a bit to get on here, but we finally were able to make it happen. And you guys have been asking for her as well. Brianna, welcome. Hello. I don't know why you guys want to hear from me, but I'm here anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry for my uh, months of kind of adding you, trying to get you on here. But, uh, you know, you no, I, I don't. I am. OK, one, I'm just horrible with my phone anyway. And like Twitter, you, you see my phone screen. I have like 300 unread text messages because I just. So it's nothing against you. I do it to everyone. But I also was like, I don't even know what I would talk about or what people want to hear from me because, but to be real, my time on the challenge was very short-lived. So I just think, I thought it was weird. I was like, oh, all right. But now that we're here, fuck it. Or can I curse? (laughs) Yeah, you're good. (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. Everybody asks that. You're good. There's nothing that's all famous. Okay. But but since... Since, like, all the messaging, I was just like, fuck it, whatever. What's the worst that could happen? So, here I am. Yeah, and you you said that to me as well about not sure why people would want to hear from you. It's crazy, though, especially with, like, podcasting and stuff. Like, even though you maybe not didn't do, like, not a whole lot of episodes, everybody's got, like, a story, I feel like. So it's um kind of fun to kind of hear what maybe someone who is not, like, a Johnny Bananas or a whoever it may be that's done like yeah. 37 seasons of the show um, right. what like they, their spin on the whole thing is so um, but yeah I want to start by asking you kind of how has this year been like for you it's crazy I know with everything going on in the world how has it been like for you um well when COVID first struck uh, I was one of the first people in San Diego I think that a lot of people knew that got it. Um, I was at work, long story short, I think a couple, or let me stop. I'm a bottle service waitress in San Diego. So we were still up and open. And we think that some of the clients that were coming in tested positive, but just obviously weren't staying home, didn't tell anybody. And of course, when you're doing bottle service, music is really loud. I'm literally right next to people while they're sitting on me telling me what they want to drink so that's how I got it I wasn't going anywhere else um so those two weeks of quarantine in my room I had a personal like stove in my room so that I wouldn't leave I leave my like plates outside the door so that nobody was going to get sick if they could um so that was kind of weird I still don't have my sense of smell back so this I got COVID I, at least like three and a half, four months ago now. I still don't have my sense of smell back. Sometimes I occasionally randomly will smell lemons. I don't know why, but I think I need to go to the doctor and tell them that. But other than that, I'm good. I'm still not back to work, obviously. Um, yeah, so that's what it's been like for me. Wow, that's, that's actually crazy because I've actually never had like a um... – Kind of per- like right now, like a person to person with someone who's actually got the virus or tested positive. So I've never really got to hear like the whole um, perspective on like what it's really like. So how did you find out you had it? Did you like, was it something like you went to go get tested or did they like test you um, at like your job, like take your temperature or something? 
No. So I was working, I was working on a Sunday and I remember after my shift, my, my throat kind of felt itchy, which is normal in nightlife though, because again, the music is loud. You're usually yelling over the music all night. You're talking all night. So it's not uncommon for all of our voices to be raspy or scratchy or itchy, whatever. So Sunday, my voice or my throat felt itchy. Monday morning, I felt a little sick, but nothing where it was going to like stop me from going to the grocery store or like wherever. So I ran my errands and then Monday night, I remember feeling just not great, but again, still not terrible. Just like, oh, I feel kind of shitty. And then the next day, so Tuesday morning, I woke up and I felt like I got hit by a bus, like flew on a hundred. I was having cold sweats, heat sweats. I had a temperature. Um, I, oh, that day too, I, that was the first day that I lost my smell. So I basically knew after my smell was gone, I was like, oh, I probably have COVID because I literally can't smell anything. And that was one of the main, like, predictors if you have it so I ended up going to in San Diego we actually it's kind of sucks but you can pay $150 to get a rapid test done so it's 30 minutes and you get your results in 30 minutes so I mean it's a big scam but if you need to know then you're gonna do it so I did it I went and I just knew I had it but still it's like at that time COVID was so like unpredictable, which still I think it is, but I think a lot of people now are less worried about getting it. Whereas when I had it, it was like, holy shit, you might die tomorrow type of thing. So I remember the guy coming up to my window and he was like, hi, you tested positive. I just started fucking bawling. I was like, that's it. I'm dying. This is it. And I, you know, called my job, the HR lady, my parents, everybody, and I mean, at, literally for, as soon as I told everybody, nobody wanted to be around me, which I get it, rightfully so, but um, then after that, at my job, we found out that before me, one of my managers had it, and we didn't know, and then after me, 14 other people that worked at my job got it. So. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. But we were like literally COVID city at my job. Wow. So then how did that kind of work with you kind of acclimating your way back into um, your job? Uh, so I haven't been back. Oh, uh, okay. I Yeah. So basically, San Diego, San Diego closed everything down, and then we had that, like, tiny, small opening again, and that's when I went back to work, and then then everything got shut down again. So while I went back to work for those, like, I think I went back to work for a week is when I got it. Um, so I was really pissed to have to work when I did, because I was like, you Basically, all of our like managers and higher up people, they weren't even going to work. They were staying home, but they were making all of us work. So I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I shouldn't have to work. Like, you know, if you guys aren't working, why should I, whatever. So when I got it and I called my HR, I was pissed. 
because I was like, I, I didn't want to come back to work in the beginning. None of these other jobs are coming back. I didn't want to catch this. And now I have it. And nobody knows what the like prolonged, you know, um, like effects are of COVID. So I basically told them that until COVID is pretty solid with vaccines or medications or whatever, and I'm not saying the first round of vaccines coming out, I'm saying once it's really taken care of, I am not coming back. That's not wow. I, I was so pissed. I was like, you guys did not take care of me when I, like all of us said that we didn't want to come back and then all of us got COVID and none of you, none of you guys did. So it's, I just felt like it was fucked up on my job part. No, yeah, and it's definitely scary and a big risk. Like, I actually worked um, like a part-time during the summer. It's kind of like a like a medic for, um, like, a camp with, mm-hmm. like, the kids that are going there. So, like, if any kids um, got hurt or something, like, I was kind of the one that would, like, you know, put the Band-Aid on them and everything, which was, like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, we had to wear a mask and everything for that. But, um, yeah, like, it's crazy just with everything. Like, whether if you don't yeah. have it or you do, um, go into, like, my job or if I'm going to the gym or something, like, you always get your temperature taken. But, yeah. I just, like, and the, like you said with the, the throat feeling fuzzy, like, I feel like that all the time. And then, like, in mm-hmm. your head, you have it, like, I might have the virus, even if you don't. Oh, yeah. So it's all a psychological thing, too. Oh, yeah. No, I have people still, like, my friends, obviously, that know that I got it. I was, one of, I was one of the first people in San Diego to openly say that I had it. Because I was, like, every there's so many people that I knew and clients that were going out that weren't saying anything for the fear of people, I don't know, like, not wanting to hang out with them for two weeks or, like, thinking they had done something wrong to get this. It's not, like, an STD. Like, it's not like you got something where you did something that you were supposed to. I don't know. It's not even if it's something where you could have gone to the grocery store. Somebody could go to the grocery store today and get it. Be hanging out with bananas and all of a sudden get some fucking COVID. So I was just like, you know, fuck all this shit. I'm just going to fucking tell everybody that I have it so that one, people stay the fuck away from me. And two... So that other people feel like it's okay to be like, hey, guys, I also have COVID. These are my symptoms. Just so other people know what's going on. So, yeah, I didn't, I mean, people still call me now and they're like, oh, I feel like I have a cough. I was like, well, you maybe have allergies. Like, I don't know. Is that all you have? They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't be worried if I just had a cough. Like, (laughs) I, I sneeze all the time. I'm just like a big, I'm allergic to a lot of airborne shit. I sneeze all the time. It doesn't mean I have COVID again. I literally have allergies. But I think people are just still so paranoid, which I think that a lot of people have a right to be. But I think um, just all around. The mask wearing, I think everybody just needs to wear a mask. I get it. A lot of people think it's uncomfortable and it's a nuisance and, oh, you get in your car and then forget the mask upstairs or wherever. It's, but it's like, you know what? It's the least you could do. Just wear the fucking mask. Who cares? You're going to take it off when you get home anyway or in the car. You're not, how long are you really going to shop for? I didn't know you were going on a shopping spree. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's kind of now shift away from the virus and the shitty year that's been. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, though, because 
you obviously went on Ari the One, but what were you kind of up to before Ari the One? Was it like a goal for you to get on TV? Because I know from following you on Twitter, oh. I know that you tweet a lot about, you know, reality TV, like Big Brother, yeah. Love Island. And I also saw someone throw a tweet underneath the thing that I posted yesterday um, talking about your music. I didn't even, do you make music? Was that? No, I don't make music at all. Oh, no, it was like, a that was like a total, like, funny gift. They thought I looked like that person. Oh, in the game. I was sarcastically back with like, thank you. Oh, okay. Appreciate it. But, but yeah, yeah no. what, um, was it like a goal for you to get on TV? What were you up to before uh, trying out for the Are You the One? So basically, like five months before, maybe like, I okay, maybe like five to seven months ish. I don't say five. Five months before I went on Are You the One, like left to go, I had just broken up with my very first boyfriend. We were together for three and a half years. We basically lived together. And I just, at the time, so on Are You the One, I turned 22, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I just felt like being in a pretty serious, committed relationship at that time, I felt really like I was 40 and I was married already. And I just was like, there's got, like, I really cared for him. And I think that he knows that, but I just needed to see what was out there still. I just didn't want that to be it. And I didn't want to look back and be like, well, what if I didn't try to, you know, go see if there's other people that are for me? And it wasn't like I broke up with them because I was like, oh, I'm going to be on TV. I just felt stuck in the relationship. So fast forward, I moved in with my friend and we started watching Are You the One the first season? And we loved it. We thought it was like the funniest show ever. It was so dramatic. We were like, we just, every time that it came on we were like let's get it like I can't wait and are you the one the first season was really the first show besides I used to watch Survivor with my parents when I was younger but really the first show that I was independently into on my own and so then that show ended and I at the time was working as a hairstylist and my friend, my roommate that we watched the show together, he sent me the link to go apply for Are You The One? And I'm at work and I was bored and like waiting in between clients. I was like, okay, fuck it. Like I'm going to apply. So I applied and the next day they called me to have a phone interview and then they liked me and then it obviously kept going further and further. So no, I never growing up was like, I'm going to be on reality television. And even when I watched Are You The One, did I ever think to myself, oh, I want to be on this show. It was more of like, he sent me the link. We thought it was funny. It was almost like a, there's no way I'm going to get picked. And it was really because I was bored at work at the time. But I'm so glad that I did it, obviously. Look, great opportunities. And I think that life kind of drove me to do that. Yeah, and it's crazy because sometimes in, like, life, you don't really expect things to happen, and then they just, like, you know, kind of seems like fate in a way, you know what I mean? Like, if yeah. something's meant to be, it, like, always finds its way. It's just Oh, yeah, crazy. totally. Mm -hmm. 
So, so you'd say that you were definitely um, kind of leaning towards wanting to be on a dating show then, correct? Oh, yeah, for sure. I Once I um, had left my ex-boyfriend, I was going buck wild in San Diego. Not saying that I was, you know, sleeping with everybody, but I was definitely interested in getting to know a lot of people. Um, and then when the Are You The One opportunity came around, I was like, this is perfect. Like I can go insane now and go crazy. And it's funny because my intention going into Are You The One wasn't to really like find an instant connection right when I got there. I really wanted to like play the field. And then it just so happened that I got there and was like, wow, Curtis is the one. Well, <laughs> during that time, not in, obviously not. <laughs> Yeah, but if I'm being completely honest, I know I had uh, some of my audience kind of send in questions to fill me in a little bit. I didn't watch like a whole lot of like television, like yeah. I'm more like a Netflix guy. So I, I'm going to be completely honest. Like I didn't like watch your season of oh, Sorry, the Wolf, but I know the don't basics. Don't worry about it. So kind of what I was, you know, I read and saw from what people were talking about. You broke your nose on Are the One? I did. I broke my nose the first night. It was unintentional, obviously. Um, but long story short, we were all fucked up in our room, big room. And my castmate, John, was trying to jump over me, but I did not know. So literally, it was like perfect timing. I was laying down, like talking to somebody. And as I lifted my head, he jumped over me and kneed me in the face. Like Hulk smashed me in the face. So in that episode, in episode one, literally it's just blood everywhere. I went to, we were filming in Puerto Rico. I was in a Puerto Rican hospital for like 18 hours and they gave me the option to go home. I said, absolutely not. Like, I'm just going to ride this shit out with a broken nose. I don't care. I'm already here. But yeah, that's uh, pretty good. So, so one to ten now, how bad of uh, pain was it when the initial uh, knee to the face? You know, it wasn't bad because I was so drunk. Like, it was oh. just, it was a lot of, it felt like a lot of pressure, but it was, didn't hurt. And I think also, like, once you get knee in the face that hard, you see all the blood, all this adrenaline is going through you, too. Or it's just like, it didn't, I don't look back and think to myself, oh, my God, that hurt. I think look back and go, holy shit, I can't believe that happened. But mm. yeah, no, it didn't, it didn't hurt at all. Wow. So like my, it felt like, like someone tried to grab your nose really hard and that you have like a linger, like a tingling sensation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now I want to get into what kind of led to your uh, whole debut on the challenge now yeah. was basically based on your whole rivalry with um, Brandon. What, yeah. what was the premise of your rivalry with Brandon? Like, what was the whole deal with you guys, like the dynamic there that made you guys rivals? So on Are You The One, we just hated each other. I just thought he was so arrogant. From the moment I met him, I was like, this guy, there's no way he's, one, going to be my match. Two, am I ever going to give him the time of day? Um, he was just so arrogant, and he was very, like, selfish and self-centered and I hate people like that he's very he likes to brag about himself all the time and again I hate people like that I just think that there's a way to be a humble with your accomplishments 
instead of going around and being like, oh, well, you're dumb and I have this and you're dumb and I have, it just, this or that, who cares? So that's really what was it. And he called me the lesser of two evils. And I called him the stepchild that I hate, which looking back now, I mean, obviously I was, I was really young when I said that. I probably wouldn't say that now because I think that talking about like, you know, even in general saying stepchildren, I think that's whack. So I wouldn't say that anymore. I would probably just say he's someone that I hate. That's it. Get on. <laughs> so that's how we ended up on. But once we became like found out we were perfect matches, it was like, oh, like so cool. We're, we're matches. And we did form like a friendship, obviously, from just that. But as far as like anything romantic, there's never going to be anything ever. And no, and I don't want to, uh, you know, shed any like shade towards him or anything. But as a yeah. challenge fan during that era when they were casting people like, you know, him onto the show, yeah. I was like really worried for like the direction of the show. And I think a lot of people could agree with me. And like for you sure. could instantly, and you could instantly tell like he was just like not a fit in the uh, challenge, which was crazy to me because I think he said multiple times that he was like a lifelong fan and stuff like that of the challenge. Well, yeah, and so when we would when we would do challenges on Are You The One, which are not even close to the challenges you do on the challenge. These are like baby kid sized challenges we do on on Are You The One. But we would we would win a lot of them and he would be like, I'm the king of the challenge, like da 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 da. And I think at the time, because I when I filmed Are You The One, I had no intention of going on to the challenge. I didn't even have an intention to go on any other show after that. I didn't know how TV worked. I didn't know how reality television worked. I didn't know what fandoms were, nothing like that. So I was just on there just to have a good time and like meet people and have an experience I've never had before. But I think he definitely obviously went on Are You The One in hopes of getting on the challenge by saying he's the king of challenges and yada, yada, whatever. Cause even on when he was on, when we were on the challenge, I think he said that too, that he was like, I'm going to dominate and da, da, da. And I hate when people do that anyway, so. <laughs> but no, yeah, and you guys had the numbers, though, on your side a little bit with, uh, yeah. you, guys, you guys had a lot of you. Did you guys, well, you and specifically, did you have, like, any plans for that alliance? Because you had you, um, obviously, Brandon being your partner, and then you had Christina. Christina. Yeah. Did you have uh, plans for that? We definitely talked about it, but I think um, and I was so like, yes, we're sticking to this, whatever. Um, but I think somewhere along the lines, a lot of people wanted to gain the trust and loyalty with um, the challenge cast members that have been on for a long time. I think that they decided, they saw that, oh, they're going to gun for all the Are You The One kids, which obviously if I were them, I would have too, because it's like, you're stepping on our territory, 100%, I would have done the same thing. So I think we found early on that it was not going to work very well. And I think a lot of us were not confident in being able to compete with them. For sure. Mm. But yeah, no, and you kind of got robbed of that chance anyway, by him quitting, but that's what I kind of want to get into. Um, so, like, I think it was, like, the night before he ended up quitting, you guys were kind of arguing. You chewed him out a little yeah. bit. Do you think that yeah. uh, you could have done something maybe a little uh, differently to kind of talk him off the ledge? Or do you think there was just no change in that with him? 
Um, I'm going to answer this two ways. Would I go back and change anything that I did? No, I wouldn't. I think that some people will think that that's a bad play for sure. And that I should have been more, um, you know, comforting and, you know, whatever. But to be honest with you, that's just not who I am. Like, if I feel a certain way, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to say it, you know, whatever. With that being said, the person that I am today and things that I have grown from, would I have handled it a little bit different? Yes, but I still would have probably been a little bit harsh. Like it just would have, I think I would have worded things a little differently. But back then, like I said, I wouldn't change anything that I did. I did that for a reason. I wanted to say those things for a reason. And obviously, and I know everybody that's been on TV has said this before, you, you don't see everything that has been said prior to things happening. So there were multiple occasions that I tried to talk to him before that scene and he didn't want to talk or he was talking to other people and whoever he was talking to was like, no, just go away. And I was like, what the fuck? So I think I kept like, I kept getting angry and angrier and angrier that I couldn't talk to him and see what was going on. And then I got, then I think at one point I was like in my room writing and everybody came in. They're like, well, you need to go talk to Brandon. And that's when the cameras came in. I was like, in my head, I was like, I've been trying to fucking talk to Brandon. Like, why are you guys trying to make a scene in front of the cameras saying that, oh, well, you, you need to go talk to Brandon. I've been walking around this bitch trying to talk to Brandon. So I think at that point I was just, so like he did and I was like fine you want to go talk to fucking Brandon I'll go talk to Brandon so but there I mean it was I think it was difficult I think Brandon gets a lot of heat for leaving and I'm not saying that he shouldn't but I also at the same time like the episode before was like oh like made a huge scene about wanting to go home too so I think that not saying that I want any heat at this point it's been years but I think that you know I also am a little bit to blame for going a little cuckoo off the you know off the rocker but did you know heading into that challenge like when you guys arrived there obviously before he quit were you did he tell you like he's quitting or did you find out on the spot so that's a great question it's a question that I don't think a lot of people have asked me so I just don't share but so when we were on the bus going to the challenge spot, um, he wasn't sitting by me. And usually like when you're going to a challenge spot, you're kind of sitting by your partner, like kind of discussing things or like, oh, well, maybe this could happen or maybe it's going to be this. But he hadn't talked to me all morning. And I said that I wanted to talk to him. And he was like, no, I can't. And he, kept, he just kept saying, like, no, I can't talk to you. And I thought that was so weird. I was like, what do you mean you can't talk to me? So finally, I'm like staring at him on the bus, like, bro, hello. Like you, it's something, cause now I'm thinking to myself, something's happening. Like there's, there's a vibe going on. People are acting weird. He's acting weird. Something's happening. So he comes up and sits next to me and he's like, I'm not supposed to be telling you this. And I was like, telling me what? He's like, I'm, I'm going to quit. And I was like, what do you mean you're going to quit? I was like, can you tell them you don't, don't want to quit? He's like, no, I can't. They won't let me like, so basically they wouldn't let him 
stay because they said that they have too much footage of him saying that he wants to leave and that it would, the storyline doesn't make sense. So, yeah, so I, because in the bus, I was like, tell them that you want to stay. Like, tell them that you don't, like, we'll have a conversation when we get on the bus. Cameras could be there. We'd be like, no, we want to fucking do this. And he was like, no, I can't. And so going into it, obviously, I knew what was going to happen because he finally told me. But obviously, too, from a production standpoint, they didn't want me to know because they wanted my authentic reaction for when it happened. So um, that I don't know when they told him that they couldn't that or I don't know the timeline between when they said that he couldn't change his mind anymore or when they said okay well then you're leaving I don't know when any of that happened I just know that he couldn't say that he wanted to stay what that that is like some crazy information that you just spilled right now because we're talking about for years we're talking about several articles videos everything like rankings putting him as the worst competitor ever for quitting saying yeah. he's a bitch and all this shit and wow this is and that's crazy for you to say that because that just goes to show it. i've heard multiple people have come on here and told me the, the way like production works their uh yeah kind of thing um, which they love their narratives don't they yeah so it's like and again this is something that Brandon told me. This is not something that production told me. This is something that he said. So is he lying about that stuff? I want to say no, just because what, like, why would he lie? He had already for days been saying he wanted to go home. So why not then would he just be like, yeah, I'm quitting because I want to go home. It was a no, I couldn't go. So, but again, the full truth, I don't think anybody will ever know. I'm just saying what I know. But um, I think if we have it our way, and if, you know, I, I, don't, I think that we would have been able to stay if I had it my way and if the storyline came together. But I think it was just, I think, to be honest with you, I think production just didn't like him. I think he was not well-liked on the show anyway. Uh, so I just think there wasn't a lot of pool to make him say, or like that they wanted him to say enough to like figure something out. But yeah, it's crazy. So then, and and storylines are very yeah. important. <laughs> so then what, where did you guys leave it when you left? Did you, uh, get on him or anything about like quitting or leaving or was it just like, just was just like whatever? Um, I just. I know everyone wanted me to be so mad at him. And it did, like, when I watched it over, it's weird. When you film something and you go home and you talk to people, it's a completely different feeling than when you watch it over and when it's airing. Because, one, so many people are tweeting at you, messaging you, like, oh, you, I bet you were pissed. And then you, start, you do start getting angry. And you're like, well, maybe I should be pissed. But to be honest with you, when we left, I think to me it was like, well, there's nothing... I can do about it. And I'm very much like that. If there's nothing I can do, then why am I going to sit here and be angry? Like I just work. When you, most of the time when you leave like the show, any reality show, you don't leave right away. You're still in that country for a few days, a week, whatever. 
So it's like, if I got eliminated with Brandon and I'm in a, a different country by myself and it's either stay in this hotel room or be able to go out with somebody else, I'm going to like, fuck it, who cares? So for me, uh, I didn't really, it didn't really phase me, to be honest with you. Like, I'm sure it would have, you know, Johnny Bananas that this is their job. So Johnny Bananas, Cara Maria, uh, you know, CT. They make the big bucks. They make the money. So I would totally understand if I were them and my partner quit on me, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? But for me, it was like, I didn't see a huge future for me on this show anyway. That it was like, I'm not going to be a Car Maria and I'm not going to be a Laurel. And, you know, it, that's just probably not who I am as a person. I, I told myself in the beginning anyway that, you know, if I made it, if, like when I first got contacted for the challenge, like if I made it four seasons, great. But after that, I probably wouldn't do it anymore because it just, the game's really not for me. Um, the people kind of aren't for me. Might give or take a few, but it was, it's a completely different thing than Are You The One? And I made the mistake of going into the challenge thinking it was going to be like, Are You The One? And it is not at all. <laughs> yeah, and uh, obviously coming on to your next challenge, which was 30-30, I've read and heard rumors places that when, for the initial call, um, you like missed the call because you were at work or something like that? Is I that did true? miss the call because I was at work, yep. So I was supposed to take Jenna's spot? Or Jenna took my Jenna took the spot that I was supposed to get. That's it, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So someone got sick or something and like couldn't do it, and then I got the call, but I was at work, and I called back. Obviously, I literally called back like 30 minutes later, and Jenna had already taken the spot, obviously. Um. So I was like, okay, whatever. And they're like, well, you're gonna be the number one replacement then. And I was like, yeah, 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 cool, whatever. And then obviously Ashley left and then I came on with CT, which was like a disaster. <laughs> CT yeah. was awesome. I still give CT that. He's been nothing but like the greatest, nicest man ever. But fuck, it was just a terrible situation for me. I didn't even know it was going to be that bad. <laughs> what do you mean by bad though? What was bad about it? Well, going in as a replacement, one, and again, I think my mentality for the challenge was just not where it needed to be. I'm, like, going on to these shows or the challenge, like, I'm going to have so much fun. I'm going to, like, you know, just talk to people, hang out, have a good time, do the challenges. If I make it far, I make it far, whatever. Yeah, no. It's like I still remember how it felt walking into that house like I can play it into my head right now walking in that house with CT and I was and people literally were just like Meh. I don't think I really don't think a lot of people said hello um nobody really cared and this is the thing too is that I didn't talk to a lot of those people outside of the show it's not like when I on off season or whatever I was like messaging all these people on the cast that's just not who I am either. I'm not going to try and get to know you just because I'm a replacement or, or because I was on the show before. We didn't click when I was on the show. I'm not going to, you know, go out of my way and be like, oh, my God, what the fuck is that? It's just not me. Um, so I think, but I think, though, if I were to ever go on again, which is highly unlikely, but if I ever did, I would for sure 
make friendships before I went on to like, you know, establish some kind of like foundation. Cause going in late into a game, one, two with the one of the biggest players in challenge history, CP, and three, I, I didn't work out at all. Like I was not prepared for anything. Um, I would change a lot of things. But yeah, I went in and like everybody were just like, go go figure out where you're sleeping. I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure. and I was just actually about to bring that up because I'm not even gonna lie. Like you just mentioned, one working against your favorite, coming in late to begin with, let alone yeah. walking in with CT of all people, who everyone yeah. is like pretty much awaiting, awaiting him showing up. And the way the thing right. worked, seeing it on TV kind of made you seem like a little bit of an afterthought because they were hiding CT. You were, you were right behind them. And I'm not even going to yeah. lie, Brianna. I legitimately, like when they were showing CT, like I was obviously focused in on him. I honestly thought yeah. you were like a producer or something behind him. No, 100%. It was like, and to me, when I watched it back too, I was like, why even bring me on if you're going to do me like that? Like bring somebody else then. Like this is fucking trash. But that's a part of the reason why when I got eliminated on Dirty 30, that I remember when I got eliminated, I fucking bawled. And I'm not a crier. I fucking bawled my eyes out because I was like, this isn't fair. Like, these, they bring random people like me on just to, like, get the show rolling. But it's not for me. It's for whoever I'm going up against. I'm just kind of, like, there as like a sidekick for the show. And it, it was like, I just, I, I, it didn't give me good vibes. I just, I never wanted to be like played like that by anybody. I don't give a fuck if you're some big producer for a show. I, I do not care. So I got to a point in the challenge where, and obviously like, you know, in interviews, they don't tell you like, oh, you're going to be the bitch or, oh, you're going to be this person. But the way that they ask you questions, it's kind of like they're implying that they want certain answers from you, for sure, 100%. And also, reality television, what's a, what's a show without a little bit of drama? Not, like, you want that little drama, that little spice. But I think that they really just... got me on the shows because from are you the one to um rivals i don't know how to shut my fucking mouth like and especially and i think that was a huge downfall too is that i don't care who you are i'm not gonna kiss your ass i'm not gonna tell you you're the best in the entire world to stay that's just again not who i am but also that's not good gameplay if you watch big brother and if you watch the challenge you have to gas up some people to try and stay. That's just the name of the game sometimes. And then you, you know, try and strategize that way. But that's, again, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to fucking sit there and be like, oh my God, you're so good. And I would love it if you picked me to stay. Cause that was, I knew when they were, Choosing me to go into elimination when I had got there, um, people were like, oh, well, are you going to, you know, try and save yourself? Are you going to go around and politic and whatever? I was like, no. Like, they're like, why not? 
Like you should. I was like, I don't know. if they want to choose me, they're going to choose me. And to be honest with you, if I were them, I would have chose me too, because one, they're not getting any blood on their hands by choosing the girl that came in late. That's, there's no love lost with anybody else. That's a great strategy. If you were to do that play in any other game, anybody else would have done that too. So it's like, okay, I could go politics, but that's not going to bring me anywhere. And that's going to sway their decision anyway. So I'm, I'm, I, I was brought in to go out, period. <laughs> yeah what was that vibe like though because i kind of like i even like watching from the screen kind of seemed like you go through the house kind of trying to introduce yourself and stuff kind of yeah. felt bad because i myself would hate walking into a situation feeling like kind of like the outsider so like what was yeah. that like was there anybody that kind of like treated you as like kind of like i guess you could say like didn't take you like i guess seriously and gave you like kind of like a bad vibe like who did who did or didn't give me a bad vibe? Like who kind of like who gave you kind of like a bad vibe where they kind of just like were like, eh, like. Well, they, okay, so this is the thing is that I feel like I got bad bad vibes from mostly everybody except for like Jemmy and Brittany. Because Amanda was Amanda on Dirty Thirty. Oh yeah, Amanda and Amanda and Latoya. Those are the four. So Jemmy, Amanda, Brittany, and Latoya. And then, obviously, for the boys, BT and Jordan, which I'm not very fond of Jordan now, but on the show, I, he was very nice. Uh, so I have nothing but good things to say about him from when I was on the show. Um, but other than that, like, kind of everybody else was, like, super standoffish superficial you could tell that they just were trying to talk to me to look nice on tv it wasn't like anything genuine um uh i it was just like a it's a it's a very strange um situation where you know that nobody wants to get to know you like you it's just very apparent that nobody cares to get to know you Nobody cares why you're there. Nobody cares about your life. Like, it's just kind of, it really honestly felt like I was just like some like fish food and everybody's just like wiping me away. Like it was whatever. So I was just like, wow, this fucking sucks. I remember every single day that I was there, I was like, I can't believe that I fucking did this shit. And I, I told myself then, I was like, I'll never do this again. I, I like fucking hate the people like when they, when you, like, go to say hi to someone just, for, like, just to, like, you know, like, you're in a group setting and, like, you yeah. want to be nice, you go and say hi to everybody, like, and try to put on, like, that, like, at least, even if, like, you're, like, you're just, like, whatever, like, I'm just going to introduce myself to someone, they're yeah. in a group setting, like, you're saying hi to everybody, and then they kind of just give you, like, that pretentious, like, oh, hey, what's, like, oh, my God, it's so yeah. strong, I, I hate mm -hmm. it so much, like, it's, like, I, I can't... <laughs> I remember there were, when I walked in, there were a handful of people that didn't even acknowledge me. Like, I was like, hey, and they literally just looked at me and walked away. Who they were doesn't matter because I just don't even care to talk about them. But it's just kind of like, as a, just, as a decent fucking human being, it's not like you're showing out for the camera to say hello to somebody. I just, I just think it's beyond me and kind of and crazy that people think that, I don't know if they think they're like better than me or cooler than me 
or stronger, whatever. I don't give a fuck if you think you're going to beat my ass in elimination. At least say hello, then beat my ass later. Like, I'm not, I, I was never one there to be like, oh, I'm going to fucking beat everybody. I knew that would probably was not going to happen because, again, a bitch doesn't work out. I don't, I literally sit on my couch. It's not like I'm training to go and do these things. Mind you, though, I never, if I am remembering correctly, maybe I'm wrong. Sorry if I am. But I never failed in a, comp, in a challenge to put myself into elimination. It was, I was always picked to go. So yeah. do I think that I was terrible at the challenges? Absolutely not. I think that I did okay. Did, was I great at it? Did I win any of them? No. But I didn't, and I didn't get myself into the bottom of any of them. So I think that a lot of people were like, oh, she's a flop. Oh, she's a flop. I'm not saying I'm not a flop because I didn't win anything. And I definitely didn't win any fucking eliminations. I lost every single one of those. But when it comes to the challenges, I'm not going to say I'm a flop because I didn't lose any, but I also wasn't there long enough to lose any. So. Yeah, and did that vibe kind of play into why you got so emotional after being picked to go into elimination? I, you were in the bathroom that one scene, kind of like getting emotional yeah. about going in. And I, I'm just going to be real here. I've had her on my show before, Cara Maria, um, and I know she's got a lot of fans, but I'm just going to be completely real with her telling you like about earning your stripes, your replacement. I'm just going to call a spade a spade here. She, in the early challenge years, came in as a replacement like, two or three times and was totally against that. So I think it was kind of uh, like the pot calling the kettle black. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I mean, and I might piss a lot of people off saying this too, but I was not a challenge fan before going on the challenge. I knew of those people. It was like if the challenge was on and I was, it just so happened to be, I was on the couch, I would watch it. So I knew who Johnny Bananas was. I knew who like CT was. I knew who Wes was and Sarah, but everybody else I really, you know, didn't know. I knew that Cara Maria was big. Did I know that she said those things before or that she was a replacement? No, I don't know the history. So when it, it's hard because in that, when I was in the bathroom, you have to think that one, I had just gone through days where nobody wants to fucking talk to me. I'm not getting through to literally basically anybody. Three, I, there's just things that happen in that house or, and are said to you that I think people think are funny, but aren't. And I can't remember if it was after that elimination or before, because I knew I was going in. Like, obviously, like I said before, it was no secret that I wasn't. Um, but I remember that it was between me and Brittany to go into elimination. And I remember, and again, I don't, to me, to name drop who said these things, it just is not any, it makes no difference to me at this point who it is. It's not like they're going to get reprimanded or anything. But somebody came up to me and I was laying by the pool, just minding my own fucking business. And somebody came up to me and they were like, hey, you know, I'm really sorry about you. You know, obviously you're going to go into elimination. And I remember I was like, why is that? Like, is there any reason? And obviously this, none of this was videotaped or filmed, sorry. And I was like, is there any reason for that? And he's like, well, I mean, Brittany came down in her panties last night and have you seen her ass? And I was like, 
And in my head, I'm like, so you're keeping Brittany because she has a fatter ass than I do? And so I remember I was like, so it's about Brittany's ass. And he was like, he's like, I'm not saying you're not good looking, but I mean, Brittany's ass is just, wow. She came down and went like, walked by us last night into the kitchen and we all were staring. I'm just sitting there like, what kind of fucking game is this? Like, you, you pick the girl because she has a... F- okay, cool. And not, and that's no shade against Brittany. She has a phenomenal ass, 100%. But I think that, like, some things like that, it's like, I hate my... Like, literally right then, too, I was like, well, why did I do this? Like, why did I come here? For what? And I just think of some of those people, both men and women think that they're so above everybody else that they can say things to other people that are inappropriate and you probably shouldn't say, but they get away with everything anyway. Well, no, you know what it is. It's like the people that weren't cool in high school try to use the challenge to feel cool about themselves. Yeah. They're they're, they're like living out like uh, fantasy of theirs being on a challenge. You know what I mean? And you know what? I'm I'm never going to knock anybody that is on the show and doing well and making all that money. And, you know, on their off season, that's what they do is work out hard and train hard. You know, go do you. Do make the money. Do whatever you need to do. But you, I just think there's a way to not be such a fucking brick in the process or, or a bitch. Like, I think there's a way so that people can come in and you can be like, yo, like, let's get it. Like, cool. And just like Cara Maria, I, I've never really had anything against Cara Maria. I fucking hate Polly, but that's just, you know, my own opinion. I've always, to be fair though, I haven't liked Polly since Big Brother and that definitely translated onto the challenge that I don't like him. And when he blocked me, I was just like, fuck this. And it was hard for me to relate. It was hard for me to still like, acknowledge Kara while she was still with Polly. I just, I, I couldn't. So at the time, I, I really did like Kara. I'm, I'm, I don't think I said anything bad about her. But again, I think that, you know, the earning your stripes, I do think people need to earn their stripes on the challenge. I'm not saying that that's false. I'm just saying that I want a better excuse. I just want somebody to be like, we put you in because you came in late and that was that. And I know that somebody, I think maybe CT said that or somebody said that. I haven't watched the episode in forever. I know somebody said it, but I just don't want the like whole bullshit of the, oh, you need to earn your stripes or oh, well, this or that. And you were, you came from either one. You fuck all the bullshit. Just say you don't want to, you don't want me here and you want to put me in because you don't like me or because I came in late or whatever. But it, it, to be honest with you, it's again, it's TV. It's all fake. It's just these people are not your friends. Sorry to say it. <laughs> now, were you called again, though, to come back after that and say if, like, hypothetically, if you and Murray were to call you, like, tomorrow and be like, hey, Bree, we're having a challenge. We want you to show up. Like, what's uh, what's the answer going to be? Um, I don't think I would do it, to be honest. Um, I've gone over like situations in my head that if they called, I did get called for some other, I don't know which challenge it was after dirty 30 
I know, I know it wasn't the challenge right after, but I think it might've been the next one. But I told them that I didn't want to leave because I had a good job at the time. Obviously I wasn't in COVID and I was really enjoying my life. And that if they ever, I literally said, if they ever wanted to do a show about nightlife in San Diego, I'd be down to do that. But that, but that I, not for the challenge. Um, but again, honestly, I came back, I, every time I, the two times, and I wasn't even on the show for that long. The two times I came back from the challenge, it was very hard for me to mentally adjust back to real life. Um, it, it's not a good feeling to go into a situation where people do not like you and will not give you the time of day and are you know are being fake to you people that say that they're not going to vote for you and then do and again i understand it's a tv show but it, this is also why i probably will not go on the shows on the challenge again if there was a different show and it wasn't if it wasn't that and it was people didn't actually fucking suck maybe <laughs> i think we can close the book on the challenge though um I want to kind of ask you about like more serious topics now. Cause I know like yeah. on Twitter, you talk about like mental health here and there. I kind of want to ask you now, um, how do maybe you cope with like anxiety and stuff like that? Um, so I'm on medication. I have severe clinical depression, anxiety, panic disorder with like a really tiny amount of OCD. Um, they thought I was bipolar for a while. I am not. Um, but I, I go to therapy every week. I see a psychiatrist every three weeks. I have hit, I have a mental case, um, worker, a mental health case worker that calls me and video chats me often. Um, I, I don't, I mean, people that follow, follow me on Instagram, I really have gotten into, I know it sounds stupid, but being like a plant lady. But it really helps with my anxiety, like to see something grow little by little every day. It kind of is like who I am as a person that, you know, I, I might not sprout after, you know, a week, but just give me time and give me love and some water. And like, you know, I'm going to get there and I'm going to get where I want to be and grow as a person. Um, but that just sticking, honestly, sticking around people who are positive good energy people, people that value your morals and have the same morals as myself. I stick around. I have a very, very, very small circle of friends and I want to keep it that way. And I think everybody should be very careful who they share their secrets with, they share their accomplishments with because people are preying on your downfall if you don't think so. Um, so I remember I saw a tweet not too long ago and some girl was like, you know, if you're praying for that job or praying for that apartment or praying for that car, or, you know, whatever, keep it to yourself until you get it. Because there are so many people that are putting negative energy your way. And that was the realest fucking tweet I've ever heard of my life. There, there's, I totally believe in people projecting negative energy out on other people and that coming to fruition. And so I just, I literally... What I say on, I was, I will say on Twitter, I'm very transparent and I can get a little bit personal on Twitter, especially with my mental health, but I'm okay with saying that. 
but life about like my relationship or my family or honestly anything else I you really don't catch me talking about very much but again there's a way to be to give people pieces and bits of you and not give them everything and I also don't I don't think that was a good um I don't think that's good for me mentally to have everybody know my every move or everything that I'm doing or everything that I'm thinking uh people I'm dating the people I did date it's just I think that it's better for me and I think it should be better for everybody to keep your life a little bit private especially with how um insane the internet can get and I know I've been a bitch on the internet I've, I'm the first one to fucking say that I have am I working on it sure is it going to happen if I'm am I going to be a better person tomorrow no but it's I'm working on it but if you come at me crazy or if I see something I don't like about autistic children, I will come for you. No, and what you said before, it, like, couldn't be more true. I think about this all the time. Like, I'm not even joking you. It crosses my mind probably at least five times a day. Is mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm doing anything, like, it's, it's in my mind, like, like, dead set. Like, there's so many people that just, like, would love to see me not succeed. Oh, in 100%. And it's just sickening to me because it's like, unless you're directly affecting or I guess coming across these people, like I just don't really get why people um, nowadays, and it's not everybody, but there's a fair share of people like in the world that just like for some reason, like don't like to see people happy. They like to bring them down. And I think that if we had more people being supportive of Mm -hmm. what people are trying to do in which they're chasing their dreams and ambitions will have a a much more functioning society well yeah and too it's i can't tell you i started a little online boutique shop um during quarantine and i can't tell you how many people that i know that were my friends did not support me at all not even posted me on a snapchat story nothing so I think you're absolutely right. There are so many people that you don't even know that could be close to you that are hoping that you don't make it or hoping that, you know, you don't succeed or don't want to support you or whatever. And I think that in, like I said uh, before, that I was a small circle and I hope everybody realizes that you should be very careful with the people you keep around because you don't one life is crazy and you better make sure you have friends in your corner who aren't going to one fill your business two talk bad about you behind your back three if they are going to talk bad about you at least make sure that they say it to your face first and then go but i think again a lot of the things that i've said in therapy was about being it was about being on television there are so many people that have not liked me just to not like me for no reason just to be like I just don't like her instead of like oh I didn't like her because she sucked at the challenge then I'd be like okay I I get that but there were literally people that were like I'm gonna come and kill your family because you're wearing a purple shirt and I'm like wow so sorry you hate purple so much and I remember it would it would literally irritate the living shit out of me when I was on are you the one but obviously obviously that was the first time I ever experienced the internet like that and but now it's so I could care less that people say about me. Yeah, you become numb to it. <laughs> oh yeah, you you and you become it's just kind of like 
I don't know you. You don't know me. You're just somebody on the internet. And like I said, if I had, if I had done something that I look back on and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, which I mean, who doesn't look back on things and go, I should probably shouldn't have said that. Um, there, I still remember, and it like literally haunts me to this day. I had said a word on the challenge. Um, I said, fuck TARD. And I still remember I got an email from a dad who had a son who was special needs and it was like the eye, it literally broke my heart. Even though I didn't mean it in that kind of way, it broke my heart because I was like, even though I did not say it, it was implied and it affected this man and his son so badly that they had to email me about it. And he sent me like pictures of the son. And from that day forward, I was like, I will never fucking do that shit again. Because when you say it like that, it was like, I didn't realize how big of an impact it would have had on certain people or certain families. And now, and obviously this was years ago, but I still, I, there's things that you do or say while on TV or on the internet or whatever, where things will carry with you. And you're like, wow, I still can't believe I said that, or I still, I'll never do that again or whatever. So I am thankful for being so stupid and ignorant and childish and uneducated because it has shaped me for sure into a way better person that I am today. hundred percent. Yeah. that That's crazy. Like in, in a split moment, like you, I mean, you couldn't even realize maybe like what you're saying. And then like, you know, like it's like the smallest things, you know, like, yeah. You know, when you say it and then to have it like kind of, play out like later down the line it's just like <laughs> yeah and I mean I think we all I get it but this day and age it is a little it is more sensitive and I think for some things rightfully so but I think that it's just a constant reminder that everybody needs to be a little bit more cautious about how they treat other people it has nothing to do with what you're saying it's your mindset of oh you know if I say this, could it potentially, you know, hurt other people or, you know, whatever. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to be on TV to think to yourself constantly, oh, I shouldn't say this. It, to me, it's like when I'm out or when I'm with friends and they say something that I don't believe is the right thing to say or uses a term that I don't like or whatever, I'm going to sit there and be like, hey, you know, I didn't like that. And if they want to fight me on it, then that's on them. But at least I express, hey, I don't agree with that, and I don't want you to sit here and think that I do, but I don't agree with that word, sentence, phrase, mindset, whatever. It, I think that a lot of people, especially now, are afraid to say that to people that they're friends with, but I would rather be have an open communication with the people that I consider my friends and be able to say things that I don't respect as well as they can do it to me and live life that way instead of suppressing my feelings and my respect for myself and other people. Mm. And yeah, I, I, one thing that I see you post um, was more recently that I liked was like the thing when it's like um, reality versus like what you post on Instagram. That's such a big Oh yeah. Thing. Huge thing. Are you kidding? But I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I do a little face tune. Okay. That's I just do, but it's just like, 
and the filters. I love that fucking pure baby filter on Instagram. I think it's so cute. It changes my eyes a little bit. I really, but again, uh, I think the difference is, is that I can also go on Instagram and have no makeup on and post on my story. Like I really, I don't, I don't care. But I think that there are a lot of people and that I know personally that have deactivated their Instagram because they couldn't stand looking at beautiful women anymore and started feeling horrible about themselves. And it's like, you have to remember, again, like I said, this is, this shit's not real. You don't go on Instagram and someone say, oh, I fucking lost my job today and now I'm struggling with bills. Nobody fucking says that. Everyone's like, yeah, I got that promotion. I got that job. I got this car. I got this house. I got this boyfriend. I got married, engaged, kids, whatever. That is, it is Instagram is a fucking fantasy. That's why I like Twitter more because Twitter will fight. Like, you'll go on Twitter and people will say what the fuck they want to say. Exactly. And that's why I found myself, like, aside from, like, promotion whatever else like i don't even really engage like my last instagram post is probably like january so i don't yeah when i i honestly honestly god i would delete my fucking instagram in a second i hate instagram but since i am trying to build a brand the only reason why i'm using my personal profile is to constantly post about that but if i had nothing to do with that and you know didn't need to use that i I absolutely wouldn't. I think it's so superficial. I don't even like half of people on my Instagram anyway. Sorry if anybody of you are watching this. But I just I just don't care. I It's like an ex, extended version of Facebook and for people you went to high school with. And I just don't give a shit about, you know, your new house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. And a lot of it's for, like, you know, attention, too, and stuff. Like, I'm very much a guarded person. So yeah. I'm not going to go and put, like, everything um, out on, like, Instagram or anything like that. Like, occasionally, like, um, like back in, like, July, I tweeted something out, like, talking mm-hmm. about, like, how I was feeling. Because, like, like, sometimes if you're feeling something, it's better to just let it out. And I don't even do it for the attention. Like I legitimately felt like I was like in a bubble and I tweeted something out basically saying like, admitting that like, I need like help. Like I just, you know, like, like mentally I was just like not in a good place. And a lot of people sometimes can do that for attention. I myself just felt like I needed to let it out. And then after letting it out, I felt so much better about the situation. Oh no, 100%. I think that, you know, that's a good like thing you brought up. I think the reason why you feel that way and that a lot of other people feel that way, like, oh, I don't want to say this or express this for in fear of thinking of people thinking that I want attention is because this day and age, I will say so many people romanticize having depression and anxiety. It's like, oh, and that's on anxiety. And I'm not, and I do tweet that kind of stuff too, but I literally, I'm diagnosed with this shit. I've had it since I was seven. So it's like, I say it because I, I deal with this every day. I, like I said, I go to therapy every week. I have a psychiatrist. I have a mental health caseworker that literally calls me every three days. So it's like, not a joke for me. And it's as well as for you to me to express that. But there are so many people on the internet that romanticize these things and make almost kind of make it invalid for the people 
that actually go through that on a daily basis. Because there are times that I'll, for instance, I'll talk to somebody and say, oh my God, like I had the worst panic attack yesterday. And then that person goes, oh my God, me too. I literally, like, I literally was out with my friend and was just like so nervous because I felt like my makeup was not looking right or something like that. And I'm like, that's not it, sister. That ain't it. So I think, and but again, too, I can't fault those people because maybe those people aren't educated on what certain things are or haven't gotten taken that step to get the help and for their therapist or psychiatrist to be like, oh, well, you know, this doesn't sound like that. It sounds more like this. So I can't fault those people either. But again, I will 100% say that mental mental health and mental illnesses have been romanticized for years now. Yeah, and I, I don't fault anybody for, and it could be a scary thing, like people deal with this stuff and it's very real. And I think that yeah. a lot of people are scared because of maybe social norm or whatever it is to come out and directly speak their thoughts and stuff. And like, yeah. since, I, since, since like I basically was just like, I'm not like good, like I have felt better since. And I think sometimes you just need, even if nobody's listening, like to just like, no, yeah. and, like mm-hmm. in your mind, somebody could be listening. Right. And um, yeah. like, even me, like people wouldn't have expected. And then for me to actually say that was like, it's like everybody or anybody could be going through. You just don't know it. So you got to watch like yeah. how you treat people. No, a hundred percent. I have a Tumblr page that nobody knows about. Nobody will ever find out about, but nobody follows me. I follow people, but nobody follows me. And I literally, if something like happened that day and I want to go into detail, I fucking write on that because I just need to get it out. I just need to let it out. And it's like, to me, I I know it's out there and I, I know that no one's seeing it, but I know it's out there and I kind of let that emotion out and like, you know, pressing, you know, posts, it feels good because I'm like, okay, I released that. So I totally agree with what you're saying is that it doesn't matter if you have anybody listening. That was for you. That was because you needed to be able to let that emotion out and let those feelings out. And I think that's completely valid, 100%. I think that if anybody needs to create a, you know, Tumblr, Twitter, whatever, Instagram, with a fake alias and a fake, you know, email, whatever, just so that you can let those things out, I I do it. Because I, you know, on Twitter, obviously, there's people that read my shit. On Instagram, there's people that read my shit. I do have a Finsta that I have really only like 25 of my close friends that are following, but I rarely post on it. But the only other thing that I can like get that outlet is obviously with my therapist and through my fake, not fake because it's real, but Tumblr page that I can just go off and say the names and like say what happened and you know, whatever. I think this is a really important time especially with quarantine, especially with staying in the house, that people need to really make, like, look at themselves in the mirror and be like, am I okay? And if you're not, that's totally okay. I mean, I re- I've been to the ER four times within the last four months for 
my mental health. And it wasn't, it wasn't, and this is a trigger coming up for anybody that's listening. Um, so you might want to skip past it, but it's not because I was trying to commit suicide. It wasn't because I didn't want to live anymore. It was just that I knew I was getting to a spot that was extremely unhealthy for me. Um, and my panic attacks are on a, are something I would not ever give to anybody because those are the things that land me in the ER on my panic attacks because I, I end up vomiting and passing out and all this stuff. Oh, which reminds me, this is what I want to say, and I've been wanting to say it for a really long time. On the challenge, there's um, the challenge that I lost to Brittany to where we were pulling like fireballs out of a wall. And then right after I lost, they show me throwing up in like just the field. It's not because I was winded. I was actually having a panic attack. So when I have panic attacks, I throw up. And always that always really bothered me. And I never said anything about it, but it always really bothered me. They showed that because I was like, I don't want people to think I'm weak or like that I'm, you know, throwing up because I am winded or not strong enough or like whatever. I just, when things happen like that and I'm, my adrenaline's running so hard and um, I'm nervous and I'm competing, I 100% get panic attacks. And that was a really big panic attack, which is why I was throwing up. So I just need to throw that out there. But back to what I was talking about, that's what lands me in the hospital and the ER are those things. But I think it's okay if anybody is watching this that if you feel like you need to go to the ER or you feel like you need to check yourself into so, into a place or get help, I mean, do it, man. There, there are 100% better days, and I can say that for a fact. I've had some of the worst possible mental health days that I could even imagine. And I cry with my therapist, and I cry to my psychiatrist, and I cry for or with my mental health mental health caseworker, but fuck, I would rather cry than not be here, 100%. I would rather do anything and help myself than to not be here. So that's a great thing is that if I ever do show up dead somewhere, I didn't do it. Somebody did it to me because I don't want to, I want to live 100%. But yeah, now um, I want to shift into another social media thing now. Sure. That um, <laughs> people wanted to kind of know about your thoughts on it's been a big thing, especially during quarantine now is OnlyFans. What are your thoughts on people that uh, have OnlyFans accounts? I don't give a damn. I have friends that have OnlyFans. I do it. Do it up. I would do, honestly, honest to God, I would do it if I didn't have a boyfriend. But I do. So he would, and that a lot of people, again, still don't know that and I don't know how, how many people are going to watch this, but um, he would not be okay with that. I've asked. I ask all the time. I really do. I ask all the time if I can have an OnlyFans. I've, I've even gone to the point where I was like, okay, how about an OnlyFans, but just for my feet? And he was like, no. I was like, okay, cool. So if I was single, woo, you could expect an OnlyFans from me, baby. I think, you know what, get it how you live it. I, and again, I'm okay. I don't care how anybody makes their money. You want to strip, you want to do OnlyFans, you want to send nudes, you want to do feet pics, you want to sell your panties, bitch, fuck it. Who cares? You live once. 
And to be honest with you, in 10 years, ain't nobody going to remember that shit. Nobody's going to remember that. So I, I don't give a damn. Show your whole asshole. Fuck it. <laughs> um, yeah, I talked a little bit before about how I don't really um, watch a whole lot of reality television aside from the challenge. But for my yeah. viewers, I know a lot of them watch Big Brother. And this season has yeah. I could at least observe from a casual perspective hasn't lived up to what people thought. Could you maybe give some of your brief thoughts on the season just for uh, whoever's watching this that's a Big Brother fan? The floor is yours. Uh, I'm completely. No, to be honest with you, I haven't really watched the season. I didn't like the cast. Um, I thought that they really failed um, with the cast. So I just didn't, I didn't care to watch. I did just, I just was keeping up with my the people on my TL that watch it so I that's what I would get my information on but as far as this point after a lot of the cast members were making fun of a autistic cast member and mocking him I kind of completely just I don't even look at the videos or anything anymore so um I know that a lot of people were upset because I did get one of Nicole's sponsors taken from her um I do want to say that I was not the only person that reached out to this sponsor and if you're mad about it I really don't give a fuck from the bottom of my heart I don't care if you're mad I'm gonna I stick behind my decision to do it um I don't believe that it was right to do and if I was the only person that, that did message the company, then fuck, that's to me. But I wasn't. I know I wasn't. So it's not like, you know, people, I was just, I think I was just one of the people, one of the people that has some followers that openly was like, I fucking messaged this company. But she has a million of them. I th- I'm pretty sure her, like, you know, she's going to be okay without her $500 that I got taken from her. Which again, it wasn't just solely me. So, but yeah, I don't. Really, I didn't watch this season. I really don't watch this season. I thought it, I think it's so trash. I think everybody is over with or over it. I think Julie Ten, the host, is over it. It's just, I mean, and especially since Devon is gone now too. What's the fucking point? <laughs> yeah, true. But um, yeah, I do episode recaps though for the challenge when I have past cast members come on. We kind of like give our shoot our little take and shit and um if you're ever open to uh coming on just let me know later down the oh, line yeah. in the future for a future season see. well see again i like i feel like if i don't know if I, even i will say like there's still some parts of episodes that i've been on even on already the one that i don't watch like i've never watched i just i think it's weird to see myself on tv and most of the time i think it's on like super cringy and it's just weird but um, and but I also just I kind of stick to like Love Island and Big Brother. But it, I mean, it also depends on who the cast is and if my friends are on. It'd be different if it was like Amanda was on, Cheyenne was on. That would be different because those are my girls and those are my friends that I wouldn't want to watch. But since I mean Ashley's my girl too, and I know that she's filming. So yeah. well, I don't. I she didn't tell me that personally. I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> I just, I just saw, 
I just saw on the internet that she's going to be on. Um, but, you know, I'll watch that. And for Corey, too, because he's my homie. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me today. I had a fun time doing it. I think we talked about a lot of things that were very informative and uh, I had a great chat here. So thank you again. Yeah, you know, if you need to like edit it down so that I'm not rambling as much, fucking do that shit. If I know I ramble. You're good. You're good. (laughs) All right. Take care. All right. Bye, Mike. Bye.